Um, John chapter 1, verse 42. We'll be uh, there in a moment. There's a quote from a book by John uh, Bevere. And he poses this question. He says, are you fulfilling your destiny? And you may think, but I don't know what I'm called to do. There could be a couple of reasons for this. First, have you sought God earnestly? If anyone earnestly seeks God, he will be shown what he is put on earth to do. The second reason why people don't find the will of God for their lives is they don't plant themselves in the local church. Psalm 92 verse 13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those who serve faithfully in the kingdom receive handsome eternal wages, and we will be rewarded individually according to our own labor. So much is at stake, we can't take lightly our entrusted time here on earth. Wise words from John Bevere, I would say. And many people want purpose in life. They're seeking their destiny, what God has placed them here to do, or even people of the world who don't believe in God, they say they still feel like they have a reason why they're here. But of course, we do believe in God. We believe that God has a purpose and a destiny for each life, a perfect will for them that we can live within. Many Christians ask this question of themselves too. Why did God give me a birthday? Why did God place me on earth? Why did he place me where I am? But sometimes many Christians feel empty in their walk with God. They feel uncertainty about their calling. But the question I will ask is, are we waiting for God to simply just smack us in the face with our destiny? Or are we ready to seek it and to work for it? So let's look at our text this evening. John chapter 1, verse 42. It says, And he brought him to Jesus, he being Andrew, bringing Peter to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John, and you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So this evening we're going to cover, cover several more verses around that verse, but I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, The Process of Destiny. Let's pray. Father God, help us tonight, God, that it would be by your Spirit, Lord, that you administer, God, to each of us on an individual, God, a personal level, God, not by my words, God, or my intellect, God, but by your word, by your Spirit alone, God, I hide humbly behind your cross. In Jesus' name, amen. So first, I want to speak about the issue of having no direction and feeling like you have no destiny. You see, this is how we feel in the world. And Peter was like all of us the same way before Christ, or as I could say it, B.C. We all have a B.C. time frame, whether we're living in it now or it's sometime in our past. Peter, likewise, had not met Christ yet until the verse uh, that I just read. When you have no destiny, no direction, before Christ has directed you, you have no cause and you have no goals. Or at least no good cause and no good direction. Or in a bad direction and in a hurry. You see, maybe, and I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but it's interesting to consider where Peter was at in this point of his life. Maybe he wasn't happy with his life. He thinks to himself, I'm a fisherman, the fish stink, and so does the money. 
I could use a change of scenery. So when Jesus shows up, this is kind of a game changer for him. He's like, okay, new opportunity, a new direction I can maybe take my life. Maybe. But maybe Peter might not have felt so bad about his life. Maybe he was good at what he did. Maybe fish, being a fisherman was always his childhood dream. One day when I grow up, I'm going to get my own boat. I'm going to have my own fleet of boats. We're going to run the sea. We're going to catch all the fish. He was happy with his career. So when Jesus shows up, maybe he was a little bit uncertain, not convinced about what's taking place before him. We, we don't know, but the reality is, whether Peter was expecting this drastic change or not, Jesus put a call in his life. Little did he know. Again, our text, it says he brought him to Jesus and looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John, and you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, this is Peter's first encounter with Jesus. Peter was brought to Jesus by his brother, whose name was Andrew. And Andrew goes to him and says, listen, we found the Messiah. Come and meet him. That's a, that's a big claim, right? So he, he knows what his brother is expecting to show him. And his first encounter with him is Jesus changing his name. Telling him, I'm gonna, that's a cool name and all, but I'm going to call you Peter instead. He changes his name from Simon to Peter, which is defined as rock. And then the encounter ends there. That's it. That's all that took place, at least within Scripture, that we see. Of course, we know not every waking moment of Jesus' life is documented in Scripture. But the encounter that Peter has with Jesus ends right there. We don't hear about Peter again in the Gospels until Jesus calls him to be one of his disciples. So Peter's reaction, his thoughts, his emotions to this calling, to this name change that Jesus gave him, I'm sure he had no idea it was a calling in the moment. We don't really know how he felt about it. We don't really know if he realized the significance of it. But either way, this was the beginning of, of the path to an unknown destiny for him. It's interesting to think, what took place after this? Did they have a conversation after that? Did Peter just kind of go, um, all right, so see ya then. That's kind of weird. That guy just decided he's going to call me something else. He didn't even know me. So Peter was brought to Jesus saying he's the Messiah. And Jesus says, listen, Simon, I'm now going to call you Peter. Did he embrace it? Did, okay, Andrews called him the Messiah. I've heard people talking about him in the town square. I'm starting to, to realize this guy is somebody. And then he changed my name. <laughs> that's right. Did he change any of your guys' name? That's, that's some clout, right? Maybe he was confused. Didn't understand it. Like, <laughs> all right. I guess it's a nickname. I can, I can get behind it, I guess. Maybe he was doubtful. Who does this guy think he is? My mom gave me that name. And she likes it. And I kind of like it too. Maybe he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and moved on. Like, well, that was weird. You ever have that encounter with somebody you never met before and they say something kind of weird and you're like, all right. <laughs> and then you forget about it five minutes later. You see, we don't know. 
We don't know, and the Bible doesn't tell us. And I think many times there's lots of things that the Bible doesn't tell us because if they did, we would get less out of it. Because had he embraced it, we wouldn't be able to relate to it if we didn't embrace God's calling on our lives. Had he been confused and rejected it, we couldn't apply it to our lives if we had embraced it and vice versa. And it can go on and on like this. And this didn't change his career. His trajectory was not massively changed in this moment. Jesus didn't call him to be a disciple in this moment. He simply just said, your name is Simon and now you're Peter. Okay. It's likely that from this point until Jesus called him to be a disciple, that he had other counters with Peter that were undocumented in the Bible. It's very likely that he was taught and counseled by Jesus between those two encounters that are documented in the Gospels. It's very likely that at least they fellowshiped, right? The Christian word for hanging out. <laughs> had some casual encounter. Oh, hey, it's 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 Peter. You mean Simon? Yeah. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> the same is likely for us that after our first encounter with Jesus, we had certain reactions to it. Did we embrace it? Did it confuse us? We're like, okay, that, was, that felt cool, but I didn't really understand what happened. Were we uncertain? Were we doubtful? Were we skeptical of who this Jesus guy really is? Or did you just not really think about it and move on? I mean, we outreach every Saturday. I'm sure there's tons of people that we share the gospel with, we pour our heart out to, and then two days later they forgot they even saw our faces. They just kind of, oh, okay. But then something happens to Peter. That needs to happen to all of us in one way or another. You see, we don't know what Peter's thought process was after this. And I think there's a good reason for that. And we don't know the way his life was between that and then now. But then something happens to Peter that does completely change the course of his life. And it's something that needs to happen for all of us. You see this in Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 11. This is the next encounter, at least documented in the Gospels, with Jesus and Peter. Jesus just gets done delivering a message to the people. And then in verse 4, it picks up and says, And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. You see, in this moment, leading up to this moment, we don't really know what Simon, what Peter thought 
of Jesus. But in this moment, Jesus reveals his power to Peter and then calls him into destiny. Jesus gives Peter a simple command. Put your boat out into the deep and cast out your nets. It's a simple command, but it's one that even probably made no sense to Peter at all. Think about this. He says, his response to him is, he says, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But because you said so, I will do it. He obeyed the command of Jesus. And think, think about this. How many people would respond differently, right? Okay, Peter is a fisherman. He knows the trade. He knows what he's doing. He knows the day is lost and there's no fish to be caught. It's time to wrap it up and go home. On the other side, Jesus is a carpenter. At best, he knows how to build a boat, at least in our natural minds. So how many people in Peter's situation would have said, listen, Jesus, you stick to building boats. I'll stick to sailing them and catching fish, okay? It's a lost day. We're going to go home, and we're going to call it good. We're going to kick up our feet and watch some Netflix, all right? It's, it's over. We'll try again tomorrow. But he didn't do that. He didn't question the knowledge of this carpenter, but rather he submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ. And he said, we've caught nothing, but since you said so, God... We'll go ahead and do it. Peter obeys in an act of faith, even though it didn't make any sense to him. If any one of his partners said, hey, Peter, let's go out for one more shot, he would say, no, <laughs> not going to do it. But Jesus said it, and he said, all right, we'll give it a shot. You see, it's crucial to realize here that Jesus gave him a command that did not make sense to Peter's natural mind. He says, we've caught nothing all day. Going out again doesn't make any sense. But yet he obeys. He heeds to the voice of Christ. Through a simple act of obedience to Christ, it is Peter's life that is changed in this moment. An act of obedience that didn't make sense to Peter, but yet he trusted the authority of Christ. And then the course of his life changed. And his destiny becomes more clear. Jesus says, from now on, you will be catching men. As if Jesus is telling them, yeah, I've caught you. You've caught a little bit of your destiny. You're calling your purpose. And now I will use you to help other men get caught by me and catch their destiny. And it is through this miracle that he is convinced that he needs to follow Christ. You see, each of us need to have this moment happen for you and I. And I'm not talking about, don't go sitting out in a boat off the shore waiting for somebody to tell you to go cast your net out into this. I'm talking about Jesus comes and he says, listen, the next step in your story is to do this. And then we go, Jesus, that don't make no sense. I don't get it. But because you have said so, I will take this step of faith. You see, destiny is lost on so many people, on so many Christians, because Jesus gives them that command. He says, cast your nets out into the deep. And our response is, listen, Jesus, I've been around that block before. I know what comes of it. The answer is no. Think if Peter had done that. 
his name probably would not even be recorded in the Bible. His first encounter with Jesus would probably not even be part of the story. That if in this moment Peter had said, Jesus, we have toiled all day and caught nothing, I'm going home. At best, we probably wouldn't know either of his names. But each of us need this moment to happen where Jesus puts a command on our life and we obey it even though it doesn't make sense. We need and we want Jesus to move, but he wants our faith and our obedience for that process to take place. Jesus changes Peter's name. And it seems like something so inconsequential at the moment, maybe a weird encounter or whatever it is that that Peter thinks, but Jesus is intervening and changing something within him that Peter doesn't even quite get yet. What is Jesus working on within you that doesn't quite make sense yet? Jesus may have spoke something into your life recently. It kind of made you go, what? You want me to, huh? What? I don't get it. Jesus, that doesn't make no sense. I don't understand. But we process the things that Jesus calls us to, even when they don't make sense, we process these things through obedience to his word. I don't understand what you're telling me, Jesus, but I will obey. God, I've toiled all day, but you tell me to go witness to that coworker one more time, I will do it. When God gives us direction, we listen even if it doesn't make sense. And as we do this, we learn more of God and more of our destiny that he has for us. And then Jesus gives Peter his calling. He says, I will make you fishers of men. In other words, he calls him into his destiny, his ministry. Have you gotten God's call? Has God placed a destiny on your life? If not, I encourage you to seek his instructions and then obey. Because so many people lose their destiny because Christ calls out to them and he tells them to go cast out into the deep and we say that doesn't make sense to my natural mind and so we reject it. How do we find his instructions? Simple. Read the word. Pray. Seek counsel from your leaders. Go to church. If you don't go to church, you don't have leaders. And if you do these things and continue to seek God further, his instructions will come. And the more you obey the voice of God, the commands of Christ, the more clear your destiny and direction will become. Jesus' call on Peter to be a fisher of men was something that was new to him, was a new direction for him. But if you know the story of Peter, you know it's not all clear sailing from here. From here, God will call you into a certain place, a certain position, a certain ministry, but it doesn't mean it's just going to be all smooth sailing because Jesus called you into it. Peter responds to Jesus' call to follow him, to be one of his disciples. And the gospel records the life of Jesus as well as his disciples following them following him. 
And we know it wasn't flawless for Peter. We're not called into a perfect process. We're called into a process that forms us for our destiny. Peter made his mistakes along the way. You read throughout the Gospels, there's times when he completely misunderstands Jesus' teachings. There's times when he opened his mouth when he should have stayed quiet. There's time, there was the time when he resisted Jesus washing his feet. He thought he was going to be the star of the class by saying, no, 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 you can't wash my feet, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you don't understand. He falls asleep at the Garden of Gethsemane. When, when Jesus is, is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he tells him, he says, stay awake and pray with me. And then he comes back and he's... It's kind of embarrassing to have that in the Bible, he would think. He even goes as far as rebuking Jesus. Jesus is foretelling his crucifixion. And Peter, the Bible says, Peter pulls him aside and rebukes him and says, Far be it from you, my Lord. <laughs> After Jesus was arrested, of course, we know he denies Jesus three times and then he returns to his life of a fisherman after the crucifixion. He had his mistakes along the way. But listen to me. Through all of that, through all of his mistakes, through all of the bumps in the road, God's calling on his life stayed the same. God's calling for Peter did not change. He didn't, he didn't see his first mistake and go, oh, that was a mistake. All right, dude, get lost. I'm going to replace you with somebody else who's going to try harder, who's going to make less mistakes. He didn't look at Peter and get all surprised when he made these mistakes because Jesus understands our process of destiny as well. Through all of his mistakes, God's calling for his life stayed the same. And the same is true for you and I. Through our bumps in the roads, through the mistakes that we make, God's calling for us will remain the same. But the question is, do we remain committed? Because, yeah, Peter made some mistakes along the way, but he stayed by Jesus' side. We will make mistakes, but we must stay the course. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, our, our sight sees in ourselves and even those around us flaws and mistakes, the letdowns that we've experienced, our shortcomings. Our sight tells us that we have no destiny. Our sight tells us that we're continually falling short. But it is our faith that looks to Christ. It is our faith that has confidence that Christ has placed a destiny on our lives. And it is not by our ability, but by his power that we keep walking towards him no matter what. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. We are not perfect, but he is. And we must look to him through all things. And then he can work it out despite us. Listen, God doesn't need us. He wants us. He can accomplish everything he wants to accomplish without our help. But he desires to use us. And he will work out our perfect will through us. Not because of us, but despite us. And 
of course, to give Peter some credit, he did some pretty amazing things along the way as well. I mean, for one, he was the only person that had his name changed. <laughs> That's ultimately, in the long run, Peter probably thought that was pretty cool. He was one of the first people in the Bible to confess Jesus Christ genuinely as the Messiah. He was one of the few people on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he walked on water. Might have been briefly, but he did it. Nobody else other than Jesus did that. Still along the way, he had his bumps, he had his, his, his mess-ups, his screw-ups, but he also had the moments where his destiny was more and more clear, where Christ used him in powerful ways. That we can cling to promises in scriptures, in scripture like this, Philippians 1 6, and says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That despite our mistakes, Christ can still complete a good work in us. And through all of this was Peter's journey to his destiny and purpose. What God had called him and spent years preparing him for. And that we too can be prepared for our destiny to fulfill our call. That we can arrive at our place of destiny prepared for what God put us on this earth for. You see, he spent years serving and learning with Jesus Christ, and that was part of his destiny. But we know that after Jesus ascended back into heaven, it was Peter who God used as a crucial element, a, a leader in the early church. I would argue that that was the destiny that Christ called him for. That his time of discipleship under Jesus Christ was not his destiny. It was his process to his destiny to be one of the leaders, if not the leader, of the early Christian church. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, God has works planned and set aside for each of us. Jesus personally discipled Peter and had works and plans for him. He was, as I said, instrumental in the beginning of the Christian church. Jesus ascended back into heaven and then we see the Holy Spirit fall upon the, uh, uh, the apostles in Acts chapter 2. And then it's Peter who stands up and boldly preaches the first Christian sermon in the history of mankind. And we see 3,000 men and their families saved. We see through the life of Peter that the power of the Holy Spirit has performed many miracles. As I said, he's a key leader of the early Christian church. Some people believe he was the leader of the early Christian church. He was a teacher of the word. The gospel of Mark was written by one of Peter's uh, disciples, obviously named Mark. Mark did not witness Jesus' life firsthand, but he wrote the gospel of Mark by the teachings of Peter himself. And beyond that, he even went on to write two books of the Bible, First and Second Peter. So this man, 
who you could describe as a bold but also bumbling fisherman, was transformed over time to achieve the destiny that God had for him. He went from an everyday common fisherman to a disciple of Jesus Christ, to an apostle of Jesus Christ, a leader of the church, and then to see miracles performed through his life and so much more. I'm guessing by the end of his life, he didn't look back on fishing and think, oh, I miss those days. <laughs> you see, we debated at the beginning of that maybe he was tired of fishing and he was ready for change, but maybe he loved it. It was his dream career and he was pretty locked in on it. But I guarantee you, once he met the destiny that God had for him, not a single time did it cross his mind where he thought, man, I wish I was still fishing. Even if he loved it and was passionate about it, I guarantee you he had no desires to go back. And just like Peter, God has a calling for each of us. But the question is, for each of us on an individual level, is will we allow God to do in us what needs to be done? Will we allow God to guide us, to give us instructions? Will we obey his command even if it makes no sense? Maybe we like our life the way it is today. But I can tell you, without a doubt, it's better within the destiny of God. We must stay the course. We must be diligent so that we are prepared when that time comes. We must lock into his word. We must lock into the church. We must uh, be ready to accomplish what he has for us. You see, Peter would have never... Peter would have never been ready for his destiny if he came and went with Jesus. If, if he was only there for some of his teachings and some of the discipleship and some of the church services, if you will. But he locked in as a disciple. We too need to lock in in discipleship in the church. And we also need to understand that the process of destiny takes time. You see, we live in what they call the microwave generation. You put it in for 30 seconds and it's too hot to touch. You get it just like that. This is why so many of us millennials struggle with the idea that destiny in Christ takes time. It takes effort. It takes work. It takes lessons. But it's well worth it in the end. You see, that first encounter that Peter had with Jesus. Jesus didn't tell Peter, I'm changing your name, and then immediately tell him why, or show him the end of the line, or all of the amazing things that God would do through him. He just simply showed Peter the first step, and then he said, follow me to the finish. Peter didn't know what it looked like, Peter, when Peter answered that call to be a disciple of Christ, he had no clue that he was going to be a leader of the early church. He had no clue that he would preach the first sermon of the Christian church and see that many souls saved. He had no idea the miracles that the Holy Spirit would use him for. All he knew is that Jesus stood before him and said, follow me, and he said, okay. You see, we so often want to see the, the, the big picture. 
We want to see the racetrack from the start to the finish before we even get in. But Jesus says, no, follow me on this first step and then the next one. And then the next one. And as time goes on, we get a little bit of revelation of our destiny. But we will never get the big picture, the, the end, the finish line. Why? There's, I could go all night. That's the reasons why. You can get puffed up. You get arrogant. You could get scared. You could, get, you could run away. But we know that the Lord has a purpose for us. And we need to understand it as a process. Psalm 138, verse 8 says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Our God is faithful to fulfill his purpose in us. But that is if we remain in him. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we, do not go, if we do not give up. Let us not grow weary in following Christ, in obeying his command, because in due season we will reach the destiny he has for us. Think about this. It's just Peter and a few other guys following Jesus. And here we are in this storefront church. Pastor Jerry and a few other people just following Jesus. And I guarantee you, not a single, not a single moment did any one of them think, hmm, I wonder if someday I'll get up before a crowd of thousands of people and see thousands of them saved. I wonder if someday we'll start churches around the world. I wonder if someday that, that God will perform miracles through our lives. They might have wondered that one. They just simply saw Jesus before them. They simply understood they had a destiny on their life. And they obeyed the command of Christ. And what this small group of Jesus and his 12 disciples turned the entire world upside down. Because they were willing to go through the ups and downs, the good and the bad. And they did not grow weary. And they stayed faithful to Christ. And just like Peter, if we do the same, our time of destiny will come. Are we listening to Christ? When we hear his voice, are we obedient to Christ? Because just like Peter, God has a destiny and a purpose for you. But he's not going to force you to step into it. So will you step into it? Do you hear the voice of Christ? Do you hear the command he has on your life? Even if it doesn't make sense, listen to me. Take that step and you will never regret it. You will never be without the care of your father. And you will, Lord willing, if you stay faithful, if you do not grow weary, you will achieve the destiny that God has for you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this 